Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. God is a great power. Allah is a great power. In order to understand the nature of our existence and our place within the nature of existence, we must have some comprehension of the nature of this great power. We must have some idea of what it is that this great power does and what it is. It's only if we attune to this nature can we truly find the status of our own nature. If you are looking for God and you are looking in the wrong places, you will find things that are other than God and in your fervor to find what you're looking for you will mistake whatever you find for what you think you want that's why it is essential that we get a handle on what this nature of God is God is a power that is different from our usual conceptions of power. We we think of power as a force that pushes things, as a force that can destroy things. Uh, We think of power when we think of armies. Uh, We think of power when we think of bombs. We think of destructive power. But there are powers that are not destructive. The power of the rebirth of spring that comes every year is a nourishing power, an uplifting power, a power that gives birth, a power that is other than destructive. When we think about Allah, when we think about God, we have to understand power in this way, a power that nurtures and a power that gives, not a power 
that takes life, but a power that gives life. Not a power that takes away from, but a power that gives to. Not a power that tries to gain, and through gain makes its power felt through its own gain, but a power that gives on behalf of and through this giving asserts its stamp. To understand in this way, we have to become this way because we can only understand what we are. If we are a hoarder, a taker, a needer, someone who has to have, we can never understand the power of giving. We can never understand the power of nurturing. We can never understand the immense strength that exists in the love of giving and in the love of supporting. In the dervish communities of the past, in the communities where people considered each other companions, And people treated each other with utmost respect and utmost devotion without any preconditions. They were trying to imitate the power that God has and the power that is given by God into this world. When we can become that way, when our encounters with others are encounters wherein our sole purpose is to assist the other and to help the other and to nourish the other, then we can begin to align with that great power that is Allah. If we can't do that, we can't align with the power. Because again, we can only understand that which we become. Mohayyadeen said over and over, only Allah can know Allah. So, if we are aligned with that power, we come to know Allah. But if we don't understand that kind of power, we become aligned in a different way. We become aligned with that which is the enemy of that power. And what is the enemy of that power? That which is opposite of that power.
That power has humility. And what's meant by humility? It means the lack of self-motive, because the egocentric understanding of self is not necessary when there is complete confidence in the position that one has, when there is a complete understanding of the kindness that love is and the truth that love is. God doesn't need anybody to tell him he's doing a good job. God doesn't need anyone to reassure him of his sanctity. God doesn't need to be told that he's pure. He is pure. God is not insecure. Man can be insecure. Why? Because his faith is lacking and he's not aligned with that power. So, if he's not aligned with that power, what is he aligned with? The power of insecurity. And from the power that insecurity has, arrogance grows to protect insecurity. Jealousy grows to protect insecurity. Anger grows to protect insecurity. So, we need... To step out of need. We need to step out of our insecurity. And we need to step into the knowledge that Allah provides for us all that we need. How are you? Good. Allah provides. How are you? Great. Everything that is needed is given because Allah provides. These are automatic statements for some people. But have these automatic statements become the true nature of how we feel inside? Are we open to the world? And are we free of the fears of the world because we know Allah provides? Are we happy with a glass of water or do we need a seven-course meal? Are we happy with our portion? Allah provides as Allah wishes. It's our responsibility to be satisfied with our portion. We must understand that our portion comes from the one who has everything, from the one to whom all flows through, and everything that comes, comes from him. So it needs to be understood that as we become closer to him, we become closer to all that 
is we become closer to the place of satisfaction. We become closer to the place of peace. And since this power is a positive power, a power that works through love and compassion, a power that gives, when we are in a positive place, we are close to that power. But if we shift into a negative place, we have removed ourselves from that power and pushed ourselves in another direction. So, if we have attitudes that are negative towards ourselves or towards others, those attitudes push us towards the negative side of things. And the negative is that which doubts Allah. Satan said to Allah, I worship and I pray you, and I respect everything you say and command, but, and it's in that but, that all of the problems in the world have come about. But, I can't bow before Adam or bow behind Adam because I see the evil that Adam will do in the world. So even though you've told me to do that, I can't. But I love you. And everything you do is right. And I pay obeisance to you because you are all-powerful and you know everything. But! Now, that but comes from the arrogance that somehow the power that is being given from Allah is lacking something. And we have to assist in making everything appropriate and correct. And who are we to take on this attitude? And how did it occur to us to take on this attitude? Well, it comes because we somehow begin to believe that we are independent powers in the way that God is an independent power. But we're not. We're derivative. And our strength is in His strength. And when we begin to focus on the fact that our strength is our strength, we fall off the straight path. The straight path is narrow. And it takes a constant focus and a constant faith in Allah's correctness and in Allah's true understanding of things. We never supplant our understanding for His understanding. And the constant whispering that goes on is essentially that point. You know what to do. You know better. You know the best. 
somehow you have been given the ability to understand things way beyond what other people can understand. Somehow you have been chosen to become the one who can tell others what to do. This is Satan's point of view. And what Satan does is teach his point of view to the world. And his point of view is that you can establish your own kingdom on earth. You can establish your own heaven on earth. The only heaven that is available is being with Allah. The only truth that is available is aligning with Allah. Everything else becomes accursed. And why does it become cursed? Because it is opposed to Allah. Our relationship with Allah is that of surrender. And if it is anything other than surrender, we are making a separation between ourselves and Him. There's either unity or duality. And unless we conform to His nature, we are purposefully existing in duality. Now, quite simply, the lack of attention to the truth creates duality. Unless we have an intent focus on the nature of Allah, and unless this focus stays in focus constantly, we lose the understanding of the alignment and we drift away. Allah loves effort. It takes effort to continue on the straight path. It is very easy to fall. If you trip, it doesn't take any effort to fall. But to get back up, you have to engage all your muscles and all your effort to stand and become erect again. To move forward, you have to engage your muscles to walk. To stay still and fall asleep is very easy. You can just do it all in one spot. But to move takes effort. We need to be constantly engaged in the effort of aligning ourselves with the truth. We have to be constantly engaged in the effort of staying positive. This is all an incredibly strenuous and or joyous experience. It's up to us. We either consider it difficult or we consider it joyous. When you're going on a trip to meet your beloved, the trip may be long and difficult. 
But the thought of seeing your beloved makes every step a wonder and a joy because you know it's bringing you closer to your beloved. So all of the effort that we put forth is to bring us closer to our beloved. So we have joy in this effort. The sweat that pours from our brow is sweat that brings us closer to the truth, closer to the beloved, closer to aligning with reality, closer to intermingling with love, closer to the rewards of unity. So the effort becomes an effort of joy, and in that effort, we become joyous. And then the effort becomes easier and we get pushed quicker towards our goal. But if we don't really believe that our beloved exists, if we don't really believe in the triumphant nature of our beloved, then this effort can become difficult and tedious. But those of us who have seen the nature of the glory of unconditional love and have tasted the bliss of the compassion that is given through our Lord, know the truth of the unequaled, unparalleled joy and peace that come from that. And that one taste, whether now or in the past, is enough to push us for the rest of our life because we know that that taste is available again once we've had it. And we know that that taste is greater than the accumulation of all of the wealth in the world and greater than all of the gifts that the world has to give. When Solomon tried to feed the animals and the largest whale imaginable came up from the ocean and all of the food that Solomon had wasn't enough to feed this one animal, Allah sent with Gabriel one drop of Rahmat and the animal was satisfied. We need to understand that everything in the world, if given to us, will not satisfy that need for one drop of Rahmat, for one drop of the grace that is Allah, because the world is not comparable to that power that runs on love. The world is not, pow- is, is, is not powerful enough to give that which unconditional Rahmat and Rahim give. The world can't do it. Nobody in the world can do it. And a belief system that believes that the world can do it is a belief system that was created by Satan. There are political systems that tell you we can create heaven on earth 
through economic equality. You can't create heaven on earth. You can't create utopias on earth unless you follow the guidelines of Allah. And the guidelines of Allah are mercy and love. And what happens is that mercy and love can only be spread by way of mercy and love. They can't be spread by way of guns. So the ones who try and create Allah's kingdom on earth use guns. And that is not how it's done, nor is it a possible way for it to be done. The ones who spread Allah's mercy on this earth are the ones who came with open hands and went from town to town or village to village talking about Allah's glory or came from country to country to spread the word. Allah has sent his messengers. He sent his awliyas. He sent his katubs. He's sent them to give the example of what he is. So if you've never met a true man of God, get on the road to find one. And through that, you can experience a taste of what God has to offer because of the kindness and the love that you'll find in this man. We met Muhayyadeen. And Muhayyadeen handed out that love as a daily ration to everybody. He would serve food from the pot and love from his heart. And though the food was nourishing, it was the love from the heart that was elevating. The food could be found in many places. The love could only be found in rare places. And still can only be found in rare places. So make it a purposeful decision to be among lovers. Make it a purposeful decision to be with those who give love. Make it a purposeful decision to be one of those who gives love. Now, what happens to those people is they become rejected by the world. They sometimes become cursed by the world. Because the world is looking to get, not to give, and doesn't want anybody putting out a different message than it gives. So, it takes great strength and great courage to be a lover. It takes great strength and great courage to put all of the burdens and the attachments to the world down. It takes a metamorphosis, an entire change of being, to say, that which I thought I needed, I really don't need. And I can not only live without, 
I have to live without in order to attain the truth of what I'm trying to attain. All of the burdens that we have are burdens given to us by the world. And if we give up the world, we give up the burdens. If we give up the needs, we give up the burdens. If we give up the addictions, we give up the burdens. If we give up the attachments, we give up the burdens. Living in the mind is living in the world of burdens. Living in the mind is living in the world of attachment. Living in the mind is living with the intellect and the intellect's role is to deal with the dunya. We have to go beyond dealing with the world. We have to begin to deal with Allah and we deal with Allah through the heart. So we have to begin to live in the heart. We have to transfer our modus of doing things from the mind to the heart. And the Surat al-Mustaqim, the straight path, is the bridge from the mind to the heart. And we have to cross that bridge. And if we cross the bridge to the heart, then we can begin to live life as it's meant to be lived. And you can see it on the faces of the ones who live there because there is a smile on their faces. The state of the heart is reflected in the face. And if the face glows, that means that the heart is glowing. That means that the heart has found its home, that the heart is connected to Allah and his resonance is what makes that heart beat. Not the attachments to the world. So our heart needs to become aligned with the resonance of that great power that works through love and compassion that rules this world and that we have to have faith in and trust in so it will dispel all of our fears all of our anxieties all of our needs and make us satisfied with the position that we're in and in that satisfaction comes peace and in that satisfaction comes the the knowledge of our Lord because only our Lord can provide that kind of serenity and that kind of peace. And as we flow with that, as we go with that, we become closer and closer to the essence of love, to the essence of compassion, to the essence of mercy, to the essence of gratitude, to the essence of patience, to the essence of all that is holy. And we become pure and pure. And in that purity, the truth becomes available to us. Because the truth is not available to the impure. Because the truth cannot abide the impure. So, 
as we become closer and closer, as we become purer and purer, as we limit the things that we allow ourselves to do, as we limit our interaction with that which is gross and crude, as we limit that interaction and change our interaction to those things that are pure and holy, our heart begins to beat in a different rhythm. Our heart begins to beat with the rhythm of the universe, with the rhythm of the truth. And when that happens, we have the opportunity to become the truth. And that means that we disappear. And only the truth remains. May we understand the glory in that disappearance. May we not be afraid of giving up that which is unworthy. May it become clear to us what is of value and what isn't of value. May Allah open our eyes to see the truth of it so that our only desire is the desire for Him. Amin, amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa